This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Surprise, surprise. The mayor wants the King Street pilot project to become permanent. And that means the restriction on driving on King Street would be permanent. It means you can't drive for more than a block without turning right between Bathurst and Jarvis. And the city number crunchers say that restaurants on King Street only lost 1.2% in revenue as a result. And they're also saying that retail sales are actually up. Here's the mayor's take. I firmly believe it is time now to make the pilot project permanent, as the report recommends, so that we can further build up and improve King Street into the excellent dedicated transit corridor that our city needs and a continuing destination for people who are working or playing or visiting in the city of Toronto. Okay, well, so what do you think about that? This has been a very controversial issue. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now, on the line, we have the unofficial mayor of King Street, Al Carbone, who is the owner of the Kit Kat restaurant. And with me here in studio, Todd Hoffley, who is from the Liberty Village Residents Association. Welcome to you both. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Okay, so Al, we'll start with you. Um, the mayor says that restaurant Restaurant uh, sales only went down a little over a percent. And I have to say, I've been in your restaurant twice recently. It was packed. You had to make room for us. That was at uh, 5.30, showtime. After 7.30, Libby, there's uh, very little business for us. Mm-hmm. And the mayor never told you that 17 restaurants have closed mm-hmm. on this area, in this area of the pilot project. Mm-hmm. That's and- quite a few jobs. How does the uh, later traffic uh, in your restaurant compare to what happened before this pilot project? Well, before we had three or four seatings, and now we're having one and a half if we're lucky. Uh-huh. Like when you come in before theater, everyone's going to the theater. After that crowd leaves, we're, uh, you know, pretty slow. Mm-hmm. The streets are pretty desolate. It's like after 7 o'clock is, you know... People don't have to get to work, and if they're gaining one minute or 30 seconds or less, it's not a big, it's a big inconvenience for everyone else, and that's not a, you know, Were you surprised? marginal savings. Were you surprised that uh, there was no compromise, like uh, easing the restrictions, say, after 7.30? Well, we, we tried that. We've been waiting for 15, 16 months, and there have been no compromises. You know, everything that they tried to do, like two-hour free parking, didn't work for the restaurants. It worked for everybody else that was going to work somewhere and parking their car and taking up space. So restaurant customers didn't have any. And ritual, delivering hamburgers to people, we don't serve that. We need people in the restaurant. Okay. I, I, I agree that people should move and streetcars should be efficient. 
but the, that's the problem. Streetcars aren't efficient before the pilot, after the pilot, or during the pilot. The streetcars break down on a alarming bad rate. So oh. They're always breaking. Okay, uh, let's uh, get another perspective from Todd Hoffley from the Liberty Village Residents Association. Hi, Todd. What What's your take on that? Um, well, I'm, I don't think we need to go into all the kind of the nitty gritty little little details of it. Um, I think there are some some statements that Mr. Carbone made that are kind of categorically incorrect. Um, the streetcar. Um, the changes to the King Street pilot have been so successful that instead of 72,000 people taking it every single day, 84,000 people are now. So that's an increase of 16%. Um, the car traffic times from east to west along Richmond and Adelaide have barely budged. Um, there are a lot of different factors why cars and streetcars, etc., move in the way it does. And I would, I, yeah, for sure. Sorry. And if um, I would agree actually with Mr. Carbone. If we were going to be just concerned about a one-minute increase in speed between Bathurst and Jarvis, then no, uh, that, that, that this would then need to be reconsidered. However, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the reliability of the streetcars, and that can only happen when the cars have been removed, partially removed from the street. Because let's remember, cars are still allowed on King Street. You can still drive up in front of Mr. Carbone's restaurant, drop off your people, drive around the block, park in a parking lot, and walk the block into his space. You know, there are more than 50,000 people who live around his restaurant who didn't live there 15 years ago. He's got the Rogers Center, the Tiff Bell Lightbox, the Royal Alex Theater, the Princess of Wales Theater, the Financial District. Todd, Todd we've um, been there for 30 years. <clears throat> I understand. I used to, I, in fact, I used to, um, I was a cast member of Mamma Mia in the early 2000s, and I lived right behind your restaurant. So yeah. I, I know very well that area. I know that it used to be a parking lot in front of your restaurant and a parking lot beside everywhere. that. And a parking lot now, everywhere, correct. But the, the, the nature well, of a city is that it changes, and... You These days, have, those parking lots would be condos anyway. They're condos, and they're full of people who need to eat, yeah. interestingly. Well, um, and they're using Just for that, Eats, and they're using that, Open Table, and they're using a lot so of different... You, I need you to talk one at a time, Todd. A, a lot of different were, options. So what, you, what, what I wanted to speak about, though, had to do with the reliability of the streetcars, and just going back to this notion that that's not successful. So Liberty Village, um, for example, uh, has an employment district. There are 600 businesses and 11,000 employees. We are not within the pilot project. But this has been, and it is more than 90% of our neighborhood that supports this. This has been transformational for those commuters. We would sometimes come out trying to get downtown to a job in the financial district. Or say, for example, if you live up at Young and Eglinton, you would come down the Eglinton subway, but you have to come and work here at Sumer Radio in Liberty Village. Well, you'd have to hop on a King Streetcar, which goes completely choked. Sometimes you'd be waiting for four, five, six streetcars. Sometimes if you missed those because they would bunch so rapidly together, you'd be waiting for 25 minutes in a freezing cold winter, you know, February to get on a streetcar and get to work. Our residents, of which there are now 10,000, we will be adding 6,000 more residents within the next oh two God. years to Liberty Village. This is their yeah. lifeline, and it's chopping up to 20 minutes in each direction off of their commute. So this isn't about the time a streetcar goes from Bathurst to Jarvis. What it is, is it's about the reliability of the system. And if that reliability hadn't been happening, then we wouldn't have seen a 16% increase in the number of ridership along King Street. So I, I understand what Mr. Carbone is saying. And, you know, to... to to, I, I think the city can do a better job in terms of supporting local small businesses during 
these types of uh, city building infrastructure developments, whether it's the Eglinton West build, whether it's St. Clair, whether it's Roncesvalles, uh, what's very important to note is those, those streets, St. Clair and Roncesvalles right now, are booming. They had difficulty during the process and are booming. And so what's great about I, it now is we I live near St. Clair, and it took years and years, and, and I can't even count the number of businesses that went under in the interim. Al Carbone, what do you, what do you say to Todd's points? Well, I, I, I say, Todd, the 20-minute uh, savings in time is not accurate. It's not true. Not everyone is doing, let's say, for your example, the Eglinton subway to King Street to go to Liberty Village. That's not a, a large percentage of people that may do that. And going the other way from Liberty Village down to the financial district, it's not riding the subway. You're getting off at bay. But the congestion that it's causing and, and, and the number of businesses that have closed and, and the damage that's been done so far is going to take years to repair. And with all the building going on in Liberty Village, there was no city planning to accommodate the growth. That's You're, I would agree with that. There, that there, I would agree entirely with that as well. So something like this should have been put in place 10 years ago before they decided to build in that, Liberty Village. what the, the plans were when they were coming. They just give uh, building permits left and right because it's a... Uh, Another tax. That's that's what I said. Oh my goodness! When you said another ten thousand residents, you know, and they all seem to have dogs, and there's you know barely a patch of green space to walk. No, no there. parks at all. Pets. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's. We're hear getting from, around to building it. We're getting around to building those. Let's hear from a couple of callers before we go to break. Okay, Merrick in Toronto. Hi, Merrick. Oh yes. Good day, Libby. Um, the, I have a comment uh, regarding Roncesvalles. Uh, I had my offices down there. It's um, it's a debt after this, uh, what was done with the narrowing of the uh, removing over 50 percent of the parking spots. Uh, there are four stores for rent. So, the, and I am in this um, uh, in Canada since 1981. So I remember it was difficult to rent a a, a, a store. Because it was like um, it never advertised. It was going, you have to say, before advertised. And another thing is, uh, I'm in business and I'm riding a bicycle. So when I go on King Street and I see these empty spots, no parking zones, even for the emergency cars, fire or ambulance, I'm just thinking this is, um, we have a few million people living in Toronto. And we have, um, with the, all the respect of the mayor, he's um, allowing this uh, space, um, you have to say, um, not to be used for the use of the people, of the cars. So there is a war on cars. Oh. And St. Clair is another, it, it, I, no success story. It's a killing of the small businesses. Okay, Marek, thanks for that. Let's go to Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi, there is a war on cars, and I'm fed up with it. And you're in guest, uh, uh, in studio guest. That nimbyism, you, you, you know, that's that, it's just it's wrong. Nimby, what, what? He's a nimby, not in my neighborhood. What? Not in his neighborhood. A we, NIMBY oh, is an acronym for not know, in my backyard. I know, but, yeah, but we like, have cars well, in Liberty Village. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we have lots of cars in Liberty Village. Yeah. You know what? I'm at my curling rink, and a squirrel falls through the roof because they can't fix it. 
while we're curling, and you guys are talking about bike lanes. Have you ever tried to get on the subway on at King Street at four o'clock? You got to wait for three trains or yep. four trains. Yep. To that's get a, on that's it. a different problem. That's, Bill. that's a whole different yeah. problem, and you're you absolutely right about that. It's just, crazy. You, you know, you're talking about you're talking about a pimple when you should be worried about cancer. It's ridiculous. Well, what we're talking about, I think, is 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 moving people. Now, you can move one person in a car, or you can move three hundred in a streetcar. And so, what we're talking about is mobility. There's no war on the car here. We're talking about so, for example, maybe there is a bit of a war on the car. There's no war on the car. Sorry, one at a time. Okay, Bill, finish up your comment, please. Okay, wait. You just got too many people talking at once. I'm sorry. Order, as uh, John Burko in, in British Parliament says, order. <laughs> so we were discussing this mythical commuter from Young and Eglinton and the King Street car. And as it turned out, turns out, that perfectly describes our producer, Justin. So, Justin, why don't you chime in here? It was just a, a hi, Libby. It was hi. just a wonderful uh uh, example that Todd mentioning of the transformation of of being able to work down here in Liberty Village, and I live up in Midtown. And King Street was for years when I was first hired here a place in the city that I would avoid during my commute, and I would not be there in the evenings during the week because it was so slow and everything. The streetcar used to stop before Spadina, and the driver would warn you, "We're backed up for a while. If you're going to the subway, start walking here." And uh, that hasn't obviously happened in a year. The clothes I'm wearing, I bought on Queen Street, uh, as it turns out. Uh, I stop at the LCBO at Spadina. Uh, I travel through King Street now every day on my way to and from work, and I never used to do that before. Okay, so it's better for you. Uh, Al Carbone, uh, is there anything that the city could be doing for you to increase the traffic in the evening? Well, they could stop this uh, pilot project after 7, because that's, you know, I, I think people wait longer to get a coffee at Starbucks than they save on their transit. If they wanted to move people to get to work, people getting to work is 7 a, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., and they're at work. After that, during the mayor's conference today... Then they have the, to get home. They have to get uh, home. Yeah, I, I know, Libby. Yeah. Does it matter two minutes, a minute? Like if you're late... Is there, Todd, is there any, what would be the problem with easing these restrictions in the evening? Well, the problem with that is that it just wouldn't work. King Street has tried for years. For decades, you would drive down King Street and you would see very clearly, you know, the diamond marked signs, no cars in this lane whatsoever. Make sure that it's clear for traffic. There are legacy signs that are still up along King Street that are there. They've been there since the late 90s. And it just, it just doesn't work that way. If we're going to make King Street, um, the, the, the real opportunity we have here in terms of changing from a pilot to permanence is that you can then completely reimagine what King Street looks like permanently and install all the amazing things. They're waiving all the patio fees this year. Um, for Does that help you patio out? Fees. I just paid patio fees. Well, they're supposed to be waiving them, so you might yeah, want to talk to somebody at City Hall. A lot of things. Um, uh, you Wait, know, this is this is kind of important. You just paid it, and you're saying they're waiving. They're supposed them. to be. They're supposed to be waived. So I would talk to somebody at City Hall, at least as far as I know. Um, uh, they're supposed to be waived in order in order to help. But then you can actually reimagine what what King Street could be when you start making permanent 
changes I, I, in permanent I'd like installation. To make a proposition, Libby. Sure. I, I would say there there wasn't much consultation, and the consultation that happened before the pilot began, it was a one-way biased approach. Now they've had the pilot for 15 months. Let's go back to the way it used to be for 15 months and compare statistics the proper way. What happened before, what happened after. Because no one knows what happened before, and now it's a ghost town. It's not very vibrant. Well, and thank God that we're close to the theater. Because you know, we would not be busy between 5.30 and 7.30. And I would have to join the 17 other restaurants that have closed. And those 17 restaurants employ 30 to 40 people per place. You do the math. It's over 600 jobs lost. Okay. And, hang- and life savings. Okay, hang on. We're going to take a call from... Bob in Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not bad. I've remarked about this before, and because the, I believe that it's wrong doing what they're doing, especially when there's so much opposition by businesses, but if they had made King Street one way, say, for example, going east, Queen Street going west, then they would the, the parking could be available and the business could operate, and cars could actually go down those streets. Because it, now, as far as I'm concerned, you just don't go on King Street anymore, period, whether you need business there or not. And some places, these businesses will have parking, but you're not going to get to them because how do you get to their parking if you can't drive two blocks on the same street? So I would make King Street one way, going east. Queen yeah, Street, I've I've heard way. that I've heard that uh, suggestion before. I think uh, that ship has sailed, Bob. I know that, but that mean that ship is causing people to lose their businesses. And there's um, uh, well, one business goes out of out of a business goes out of business. That doesn't mean in over, overall picture in the city it really matters that because then those people are going to spend their money in another store, another street, and another place because they own so much money to go around. But what I what it concerns me is the city does not listen. I was involved in a, in a meeting the other day where 80 people, residents in an area, showed up. 75 against and 5-4. 75 were eliminated. They didn't care. They decided that they're going ahead with the project, although... The, it was a good representation of the population in the area, and they just ignore the 75 because they've already made up their mind. You know what, Bob? I think that there is a fair bit of that. I'll have to agree with you on that. Thanks yeah. for your call. Yeah, I mean, that happens with all kinds of things, and there were a number of downtown councillors with the mayor today. And that's the only thing I'm saying is that it, it certainly looks and feels like this was decided a long time ago. And, and I don't blame people for thinking that they, they're, you know, not being heard. I, I, I think, listen, I understand the kind of the, the cynicism that's involved in that. I mean, this is the most studied transit project in the history of Toronto. We've never studied a transit project like this before. Um, I do have to say that I think the idea that there are lots of businesses that are against that, that all the business community is up in arms. That's simply not true. For example, here in Liberty Village, the Business Improvement Association, which represents 600 businesses and right, 11,000 employees. Not, they're not in the zone. No, but the, the importance of the zone is the reliability. So people couldn't get to work before 
in both directions because the reliability wasn't there. Again, this isn't about one minute between Bathurst and Jarvis. This is about the streetcar coming consistently every three to five minutes. So it's about your time from when you leave your condo or your house to when you get to work. And it is shaving up to 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes in some cases off of people's commute. Okay. Yes, go ahead, Al. uh, I was going to say the city supplied more streetcars. Bombardier supported more streetcars, and a lot of streetcars went back. So it's going to be back and forth, the reliability. And I've seen streetcars as of today or the other day, three cars in a row uh, broken. So people get out and they walk because the cars are breaking down. They have glitches. They're not well, yeah, we, we know that the, we just saw that the, the new Bombardier streetcars are a little bit problematic. I think that's, again, well, that's another issue. That's a whole other issue, other, that's that's a whole other other issue, issue. That, that needs to Why be discussed. Why is it an issue when they should fix the transit? Well, that, there's a whole other issue with the streetcars. Trust street me, we would love that, lots more working streetcars as well, for yeah. sure, for sure. Well, that's what I mean. Not much has, has improved. Uh, tons has improved okay well it depends what side of the fence you're on uh al we have to wrap things up but just uh before we go is there anything else that you're going to try with the city or are you resigned no well you you know like the other caller says they've made up their mind november the 12th 2017 and you, you know what i've done to get attention i got attention and nothing helps they, they promised a compromise. They promised to do changes. They never come to see us. What changes would you like? And every time we went to the mayor's office for a change or, or a, a, a compromise, it was, you know, they, they just, you know, play charades. Okay. And uh, Todd, what would you like to leave us with? I would just actually like to end with a quote from the restaurant owner of La Fenice, who is directly... La Fenice. sorry. La Fenice. <laughs> La Fenice, uh, who is directly beside Mr. Carbone on uh, well, King not Street direct. West. It's, yeah, it's a little it's, further it's, down it's, the block. It's, it's yeah. within 50 meters yeah. of his restaurant. Um, and uh, she says, business has never been better for us. We have lots of customers who live and work in the area and are more likely to be pedestrians and use transit for them getting around a so much better. This myth that most of our customers are driving to us in the pilot project has killed that business. Well, it's just not true. After a year in place, people who want to dine at La Fenice are still driving here and figuring out how to manage with the new rules. As long as they keep coming, we'll know that our food is worth it. End quote. Good thing they got new partners to help them out. Okay. Well, this That's controversy true. will continue. It's not a fait accompli yet. It still no. has to be passed. At a- April the Council- 9th, Todd. I'll see you at the mayor's office. Okay. Absolutely. I look forward to it, Al. Okay. Thanks. Al Carbone, thanks so much for being with us. And also Todd Hoffley with the Liberty Village Residents Association. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.